Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tale one of the story of King Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Story of King Arthur in Twelve Tales by Winona Carolyn Martin And I saw Mage Merlin, whose vast wit and hundred winters are but as the hands of loyal vassals toiling for their liege. Tennyson's Coming of Arthur After the last story is told, The Passing of Arthur, and the children standing with Sir Belvedere upon the highest crag of the jutting rock see the warrior king pass with the three tall queens in the dusky barge beyond the limits of the world. They, too, wonder, gazing on the splendor of his passing. Though defeated in the last weird battle in the West, yet he was victorious in his ideals, for he became the spiritual king of his race. From the great deep to the great deep he goes, the children hear, but do not quite understand. It is the better for that, because something of the mystery of life and death is awakened in the child. In that, it serves its highest purpose. It helps the child to realize that there are things in life that eye have not seen nor ear heard. And let it not be forgotten that while we use these great stories for formal work, the formal is always the result of the creative. The letter killeth the spirit giveth life. Thus it is that child and teacher leave the low plains of the lesson-hearer, and hand in hand walk the upland pastures of the soul. Editor Tale One, Merlin and His Prophecies Once, in those dim, far-off times when history fades away and is lost in the mists of tradition, there sat upon the throne of Britain a man named Vortigern. Like many another king of his day, and of later days for that matter, he had no right whatever to the crown, for he had gained it by the betrayal of a trust, and, some believed, by a still darker crime. Constantine, his overlord who had reigned in Britain before him, had at his death committed to this Vortigern, his chief minister, the care of his three sons, Constans, the heir, and his two brothers, Pendragon and Uther. Soon after the king's death, little Constance had mysteriously disappeared. Then the true friends of the two remaining princes, feared for their lives, had fled with them across the sea and found refuge for them at the court of France. All this, however, was now many years ago, 
and so long had vortigern's right to rule been unquestioned that he had almost forgotten his crime in the early days of his reign he had indeed fought valiantly against the only enemies that the britons had at that time greatly to fear these were the tall fair-haired blue-eyed saxons who came from beyond the seas led by hengist and horsa but as the years had passed he and his warriors had given themselves up more and more to lives of luxury and idleness so that at last they had been obliged to make a shameful peace with the enemy and the saxons were now gradually becoming masters of the land it so happened therefore that on the day when our story opens king vortigern had gathered his court about him in his capital city of london there to hold a high festival and in feasting and carousing to forget the disgrace of their surrender and the ills of the country suddenly up to the castle gate through the great portal along the wide corridors and into the very banquet hall itself never stopping to dismount rode a breathless messenger to arms sir king to arms he cried waiting for no ceremony pendragon and uther have this day set sail from the coast of france with a mighty army and they have sworn by a great oath to take your life as you took the life of their brother constance then the king remembered and his face went ashen gray he turned to one after another of the men who should have been his mighty warriors and reading in their flabby cheeks and lustreless eyes the story of their slothful living knew that his cause was well-nigh lost before the fighting began summon my messengers he was able to say at last and when these were brought before him ride into every corner of my kingdom ride and call together the most skilful artificers craftsmen and mechanics for i have a great work for them to do within a week the messengers on their fleet horses had scoured the land so that there stood before the king a hundred of the best workmen that britain could produce now hear my command said he on the plain that lies furthest west in my kingdom build me a tower whose walls shall be so firm as to withstand all assault of catapult and battering ram and have it ready for my retreat within a hundred days or your lives to the last man shall be forfeited the workmen left the presence of the king with fear in their hearts but to such good purpose did they labor that within a few days there began to be visible upon the plain the jagged outlines of the walls that were to enclose that mighty tower then the weary workmen for the first time feeling assured that they could accomplish their task within a hundred days lay down for the night and were soon fast asleep with the first pale glimmer of dawn however they arose ready to return to their labors with renewed energy but what a sight met their eyes the tower lay in ruins the walls had fallen during the night then with the strength of terror they fell upon their task once more when the second morning came they turned their gaze half in hope and half in dread toward the scene of their labors only to have their worst fears confirmed once again lay before them but a heap of ruins we must use larger stones said one we have no time to talk put in a second if our lives are to be spared we must work as we've never worked before 
so all through the long hours of the day they toiled in silence and in dread until the damage of the night had been repaired only to find when morning came that for the third time their tower had crumbled to the ground this is enchantment they then cried in despair we cannot build the tower let us go throw ourselves before the king to plead for mercy but when vortigern with his guilty conscience heard that word enchantment a greater dread fell upon his heart lead out these useless artificers he thundered and summon my wise men and presently the great doors of the throne room were thrown open and one by one in solemn procession trailing their black robes the astrologers the wizards and the magicians of the realm filed in until they stood in a silent semicircle before the king at last vortigern raised his eyes tell me he said gloomily tell me o oh my wise men as you hold in your possession all the secrets of this world and of the other worlds unknown to ordinary mortals tell me i adjure you why my tower of refuge will not stand he ceased and a deep silence fell upon the room wizard turned to astrologer and astrologer to magician for each knew in his heart that he could give no answer to the question of the king at last the oldest man present stepped forward and bowing low began to speak in deep and solemn tones your majesty he said give us we pray you until to-morrow at high noon this night shall the wizards work their spells and astrologers consult the stars in their courses then shall we be able to tell you why your tower will not stand let it be so replied the king but also let it be well understood that if at high noon to-morrow you are still unable to answer your lives shall pay the penalty even as the lives of my workmen shall pay the penalty if they do not raise my tower within the hundred days fail me not my wise men that night far down in the deepest dungeons of the castle the wizards gathered together about a steaming cauldron vainly chanted their incantations and worked their magic spells while on the highest battlements the black-robed astrologers watched the stars from evening until morning but when the day-star itself faded from their sight in the paling blue of dawn they were no wiser than at the beginning of their vigil what shall we do they cried to one another in consternation when the two companies of watchers had met to report their failures hush speak low whispered the sage we must pretend it is the only way to save ourselves i have a plan and as they gathered about him he continued you all know the prophecy that a child who never had mortal parents shall soon appear among us and that he shall be able to read more in the stars than the wisest of our astrologers that he shall be a greater magician than the greatest of us and that through him we shall lose our power and pass away ah yes we have heard they answered shaking their white heads mournfully that child 
continued the sage is living somewhere in britain at this very moment and his name is merlin let us tell the king that his tower to make it stand needs but the blood of this child sprinkled upon its foundations so shall we by the same act save our lives and rid ourselves of one who otherwise will surely work us harm then the wise men bowed their heads and answered you have spoken words of wisdom so at high noon that day when they were once more gathered about the throne they gave their answer seek your majesty they said a child named merlin who never had mortal parents sprinkle his blood upon the foundations of your tower then it will stand until the end of time thereupon the king summoned his messengers and gave the order ride into every town village and hamlet of my kingdom ride and seek this child until you find him but know that if he is not brought to me within ten days your lives shall be forfeited and not yours alone but also the lives of my wise men for giving me useless knowledge 